Hello, hello, happy Monday, and welcome back, beautiful souls, to You Uplifted, the place where open hearts and open minds can come together to talk about and discover new ways in which to heal, grow, and fully step into their true potential and power. My name is Safa. I am your host. I am an intuitive healer as well as a women's health and wellness life coach, and I am delighted that you are joining me for today's show. Now, I'm excited because this particular interview was just, I mean, I was smiling ear to ear the whole time and just laughing and having such a joyous time. But it's near and dear to my heart because I think it speaks to one of the key core woundings in the sacred feminine, which is the idea that we cannot or should not derive any pleasure from life in general, but certainly not from our sexualities in our own lives. And so I really think you're going to enjoy this show. And my guest, Shawnee Hart, is just lovely and so fun and so full of just passion and spirit. Now, Shawnee is a certified sexuality coach, sex educator, and co-owner of Heart's Desire, a premier erotic boutique for the sexually unleashed or those who secretly desire to be. But really, she's a sexual rule breaker, a relationship healer who reconnects couples in the bedroom and beyond, and a transformational teacher who is leading a revolution to empower women everywhere to take control of their orgasms and their lives. I think it goes a little without saying, but just in case, language advisory and also sensitive topic, I guess, or topic advisory is in place. I'm just saying this is two grown women having an adult conversation. So just be forewarned and be prepared. And the audio isn't exactly perfect. There was a bit of a storm in Shawnee's neck of the woods when we were recording this over Zoom. So there's a couple of hiccups in the audio here and there, but stick with it. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. And now that those two disclaimers have been put out there, let's hop right into it, shall we? Here is the one and only Shawnee. All right. Welcome, Shani. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show. I got so excited when we were able to connect with each other because I saw all of your work and I was just like, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) So, but why don't we um, give the audience a little bit of a story, a little bit of behind the scenes as to who you are, the work that you do, and what makes you passionate about it? So I am a sex educator, I am a certified sex coach, and I also am a co-owner of two adult stores in the DC area um, called Hearts Desires. I own these stores with my husband. Um, I call them erotic boutiques because it sounds fancy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my main work, so I have two two different missions. One of my missions um, is to, most most of my audience are African-American. So my main missions are educating African-American women about how to prioritize their pleasure, to put their desire to forefront, and all these different ways to make them feel sexually confident. And also, I love talking to couples about increasing intimacy in a relationship, keeping families together. 
in my sex coaching practice, my specialty is talking to couples that have had fertility issues because I had was on a long fertility journey. You went through a whole bunch of different procedures and I found out how much being on these trying to conceive journeys impacts the intimacy in your relationship. Like I, the stories that I've heard from couples. So when I was trying to figure out who was the audience that I really wanted to align myself with, I said, this is, I had to stretch myself. It's sometimes it's hard. The, the best work sometimes is where you can help people are things that you've been through yourself, mm-hmm. but the work is so gratifying and I really love it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree with that sentiment more. I do. I think I've said this uh, several times on the show over the last couple of episodes, but I do find that when we find a work as a healer, which I believe that you are a healer as well, we often go through that space of shadow so that we can learn from it and then use that same tool or not the same tool, but use that experience to speak to the heart of something that someone might be experiencing along the same vein. So I love that so much. And particularly where pleasure is concerned. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show. Because where pleasure is concerned, I find that this is something that has become like a taboo in our society, especially when it comes to women in general or or the feminine. Let's say if you identify as female, I think there's a lot of negativity and a lot of taboo-esque sort of associations with pleasure. And To the point where I think most of us don't really even know how to connect to our inner pleasure and relish in it fully. And we talked a little bit about that on episode 11 with my previous guest about just kind of how to tap into a place of sensuality and become more aware of our own pleasure. But what advice can you give us all to slowly become more familiar, comfortable, and proud of our own pleasure as the feminine? One word. Masturbation. <laughs> Master, but I, as, as women, we we don't put pleasure as a priority. Like we're supposed to be um, good mothers, good mm-hmm. wives, good employees, good business owners. We're supposed to be good friends. All of these good things we're supposed to be to these other people. And a lot of times we don't put ourselves on the list of one of these people that we're supposed to be good to. And pleasure, especially nowadays, with everything that's, ha- that's happening, um, with, with I, I still can't believe that we're still in this pandemic situation. Oh, I, 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 know. I know. Oh, my goodness. But right now, I think it's so important for women to put their pleasure as a priority. I've had one thing that I do, even though it was a tragedy, one thing that has really come out of being in this pandemic, I've had so many women reach out to me and say, what can I do? Either, you know, they were quarantined, stuck in the house by themselves and wanted to have some pleasure or they they were with their partners and wanted to figure out how to keep pleasure going or, you know, they wanted to keep from killing their, killing their partners. And they were like, I, teach me how to do something with, with my partner. This pandemic has really shown people that we need to take time out to have pleasure in our lives. And even though I talk to people a lot about sexual pleasure, just pleasure in general, mm-hmm. as women figuring out things that are going to make us happy mm-hmm. in general, whether it's sex, masturbation, you know, your favorite ice cream, mm-hmm. the fabrics that you put on and make you feel good, you know, the, your favorite times of the day to be out and looking out the window, different meditation, different books you like to read, just us finding our pleasure in our everyday lives. That That's really what 
I love about this pandemic that's come out of it, that women are really taking an interest in their lives and their pleasure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because that's absolutely hitting the nail in the head. I think it's the re-embracing of what it is to truly tap into the sacred femininity, right? Or that divine feminine. And if we don't relate to either of those terms, then at the very least to look at ourselves in a way that maybe perhaps prior to now has seemed selfish, but that really what it is, is self-loving, self-aware, self-caring, and even almost just self-relishing, you know, because I think it's very rare for us as, as, as women or as the feminine to truly, truly delight in life. In general, we like to find delight for others. You know, we like to put... It's very true. Yes, put everybody else first. Everybody comes first. We keep depleting and depleting and depleting the in, internal resources and putting ourselves last. But there's so much joy, like you said, in even just tasting that food that you love without the constant nag of the idea that we've got to make ourselves smaller, you know, or sing exactly. out loud or speak your truth without feeling like you have to be unheard and unseen, you know, and all of that is pleasurable. It is just just now when you were talking about all the different things and you said the word delight, mm -hmm. I got a little goosebumps. I don't think that a lot of us use those type of words in our everyday life. Like, what can you find delight in? The, the, the word sounds delicious, delight. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes, I agree. Well, I will admit that I actually did a little shimmy when I said it. <laughs> yes, it is shimmy worthy. All of this is shimmy worthy. And I'm, I'm just happy that a lot of women are tapping into that. And if you're listening and you haven't tapped into it, I'm giving you permission. We're both giving permission to tap yes. in it. Find your pleasure swag today. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. 100%. And I personally believe that that embracing of our sexuality is so incredibly healing. You know, it has such power and it's so necessary. Exactly. I also, let's get a little bit deeper into that vein as well. And what is it about being sexual, right? And embracing our sexuality that you think intimidates us most. And how can we start embodying that feline? Because I feel to me like like that sensuality feels very like almost like a lioness prowling, you know, uh, sense more deeply. So I, th I think it's a, a combination of a lot of different things. As, a, as women, we in, in the sexuality space, we have a lot of shame and guilt and stereotypes and all of these generational curses and things that we've been fed, whether it be from, you know, our mothers, our grandmothers, the church, um, our school, social media, uh, porn, all these different factors that we have that are raining into our brains that you should be this way, you should look this way, you should feel this way. Like, it, you know, let's think about like Disney stories of mm -hmm. how, you know, the prince is supposed to be there and we're the princess and think about all of these movies where the sex scenes where these couples just all of a sudden spontane spontaneously combust and are all over each other and a woman is making all these noises and having these fantastic orgasms and then when you come to your own sex life and you realize like it doesn't happen like that <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we start feeling like something is wrong with us so that's why i love talking to women about sex about pleasure, building their sexual confidence and letting them know like you are fine, you're normal, your body is fine, 
everything is okay and getting rid of all of these um factors that that limit our sexual confidence ways that i think that we can increase our own sexual confidence for ourselves especially like with desire Mm-hmm. One of the problems I feel like we have as women and those who identify as femme is waiting for our partners to, you know, and to arouse us and to spark this desire with us. But we have a job for ourselves to spark desire within ourselves and figure out our own pleasure. That's why I love talking about um, like masturbation for me. If I could speak about myself for a second, masturbation for me, like I have some body confidence issues like I, I think I'm pretty hot and tempting but sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like ah, I wish this was tucked a little bit more I wish I you know save a little <laughs> money get a boob job and all these kind of things but when I masturbate and I am touching myself and bringing pleasure to myself it it sparks an increase in my body image um, I feel like I am doing this to myself my body is awesome my legs are awesome when I reach behind my left kneecap that's where that's where the pleasure is and this feels good and i feel like if more women would take time to explore their bodies and figure out what pleasure is them it would be easier to start putting your pleasure priority figuring out what you like so then you know if you want to do that by yourself all the time that's good too if you want to do this use this this information that you found with a partner that's awesome too and you could tell your partner what you like what you don't like and even just having the confidence and having finding that voice to yes. be able to say those things a lot for me that sparks desire in myself like i am courageous i'm going to tell this person what i like and what i don't like and that makes me feel better about myself i i couldn't agree more and there is that's i think what i want to get to as well it's this is a two parter for me number 1 i firmly believe that if we learn how to embrace and romance and love every part of who we are and understand that when I say that I'll be very vulnerable and and say this look I come from a background where I came up with an eating disorder and I've had to put a lot of work into the internal growth and the awareness and the realization of how amazing my true worth is to make it a daily practice to remind myself of the true internal bright Safa right I've had a lot of that and I've had a lot of work to fall in love with that part of self. That does not, however, mean that I'm immune to waking up in the morning, putting on my pants, realizing they don't zip and not going like, oh, why? You know, it just doesn't mean one doesn't take away the other. But what I'm trying to say is as as female or even if we just identify as female, but as the feminine, we have the capacity to fall in love with very deeply and romance and seduce and be attractive and attracted to ourselves. And I think that there is an inherent power in that because to me, when I finally was able to really truly address all of my core and trauma wounding and then also never having truly felt very comfortable in my own sexuality until I was much older and I was finally able to say this is who I am and this is what I like don't like this is where I feel safe don't feel safe and then move through that power it um it allowed me, it enabled me, coupled with the work of really embracing every part of who I am, even as it transitions, changes, expands, etc. It enabled me to feel sexual and sensual. 
you know? And so I'm able to throw a pair of, I don't know, shorts on in a t-shirt and strut around like I know I'm the hottest person there. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's why I was reflecting back that language of, to me, that sensuality is very feline because I feel, to me, a person who's stepped into their full sensual femininity and to that sacred feminine space walks almost in that slithing, slithering, like just very sensual type, sensuous type way. And I think we can do that within ourselves for ourselves. So that's the first point. And the second point that you also were, were speaking to is the fact that then we are able to really verbalize something to maybe not just our partners, but ourselves even, you know, to be able to say, ooh, I really like it when that, you know, gets touched in this particular way or, oh my gosh, no, please don't ever do that again. That makes me feel unsafe Mm -hmm. or, you know, to actually have the courage to bring up that verbalization because, and not to sound like a broken record, but we have been taught to be quiet and good. And a part of that means that we don't know how we haven't been taught how to express ourselves and how to say yes, no, more, you know, all of that. Yes. I I wish I could go back. I'm not telling my age. I'm in the over 40 club, but (laughs) when I wish I could go back to like my college years, high school years, my early 20s, shoot, my early 30s and be like, girl, this is not what (laughs) what it's supposed to be like. And I didn't gain all the necessary tools to actually love on myself and have my own sexual confidence and figure out my own pleasure till I got into my late 30s. Um, and I missed out on so much. And that's why some of the, I just love the work that I do because I'm actually being able to teach women at an earlier age these different things so they don't have to go through the same things that I went through. Because one thing I know is in my 40s, don't nobody love up on Shani like Shani love up on Shani. <laughs> we get it in. Like I, I've gotten to this place where I take um, – Masturbation is a big part of my self-care routine. Like I take my time with myself. I set my own scene. I put on lingerie for myself. Like I like the, I use all of my five senses with, with myself when I'm going through and having my whole time. Like granted, sometimes I might just want to, you know, bust a nut and go to sleep. And I might run out real fast. But sometimes I'm going to put myself in a mood and, 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 just enjoy my pleasure, extend my pleasure sessions. And I think as women, we don't do that. I think that we don't feel Mm -hmm. like we deserve the time or like you said before, selfish is a bad word, but I think sometimes we can be selfish with ourselves and, and make it not be such a bad word when it concerns us and our self care and just prioritizing our pleasure in that kind of way. And I just, I, I just wish more women would actually tap into it and explore their bodies and love themselves and find their pleasure and when i when i get emails and dms on instagram and all these different feedback i'm like yes yes you did it you did it i love it <laughs> and it just feels so good because it's, it's just necessary it's i think right now more than any time and with the times we're in right now it's super important mm-hmm. i and i love that because maybe i would change, you know, the idea of selfishness for all of us and turn it from selfishness into self-connected or self-tuned or 
just yeah self-tuned i think we might, is, we might is, just need a whole new word <laughs> a new vernacular for sure something completely different to kind of define that because it's not what we've been taught you know it's not as if we're true selfishness doesn't do love you know and yeah. what we're talking about is is honoring ourselves by loving on ourselves into ourselves for ourselves through ourselves you know all the things so i i love that idea because it's your it's not at all selfish and it's so self-connected you know and it's so like empowering mm-hmm. self-connected and and you know what shawnee you actually said something that that made me go whoa i think that's been almost every friend i've spoken to is the fact that we take almost onto our 30s to finally start finding that revolution within us that screams. It's almost like the internal wild feminine goes, hey, look at me. I'm allowed to be this amazing creature and I'm allowed to love on myself and I can date myself and I can fuck myself and I can do all of these things and not feel disempowered by it. You know, and I think it takes all of that growth. Part of it could potentially be just because we spend so much of that previous time externalizing and focusing solely on, you know, again, the shrinkage, you know, how small can I get? How on how don't look at me can I get? How how good can I be, etc. But also part of it, I think, is the vernacular, like we were talking about earlier, the words that we say to speak about our sensuality and our sexuality and our pleasure are, I don't think, very empowering. I don't think that they leave us feeling, in fact, I think they leave us feeling dirty, no? Like, do you, when you talk to people about masturbation, how often do you, do you hear the word, oh, but that, that's dirty or filthy or, you know, something? Yeah, I did a, I did a, um, a blog post and I did a short video about masturbation and a difference between masturbating in privacy versus secrecy. It was so Mm -hmm. many of us masturbating in secrecy which is totally different than, you know, privacy is okay. Have your time to yourself so you can concentrate on yourself. But when you're being secret, like a lot of us are taught to from a young age, like Mm -hmm. little kids are masturbating and their parents catch them like, no, don't do that. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we grow up with this feeling that doing that is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I did a whole series on that, which was a lot of people reached out to me and said that it really resonated with them Mm because I would rather us, take the private time and 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 find the time to actually concentrate on ourselves rather than you know rather than sneaking around it really came the article came about because i wrote at a time where we were knee deep in quarantine and like nobody was going anywhere especially in my area i'm in the dc area which was a hot spot for a long time so our regulations were really strict and a lot of people on the space, the time, because a lot of us masturbate when, if you have roommates or you have partners or you have children, you masturbate when all the people are gone. (laughs) And then we were at a point where the people were never gone. (laughs) Right. Everybody was there. So then it it just come to find out like how can you have these private times? But, but first differentiating if you're actually trying to do it in secret or do it in private. So I, I, I love that I got to touch on that and I, I hope I helped a lot of people. 
Oh, I love that. And just the fact that you brought it up even here, because what it makes me think going back to like my intuitive healer side is what that feels like in my body. And so I'm sitting here kind of closing my eyes and visualizing both, right? Visualizing the times where I have done this in secrecy and how it it felt in my body. And it always felt gross and icky and just kind of like, Mm -hmm. it just leaves you feeling like you have this this scum stuck to you which is so because you're doing it in secret you know you're Mm -hmm. doing something that you think is is not good you're doing something that is shameful etc and then I'm also comparing that to the freedom that comes from now right really truly enjoying myself and again delighting and all of that and how my body like almost blossoms you know it feels light it feels like it's got this beautiful like resonance to it and it's like liberating it almost makes you want to get up and dance so I think that that is yeah Shania I love that I love that you brought that up because it's so true I have to give you some snaps on that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep and we don't often get enough of that you know like I said we don't get taught that either because and I'm sure this is something that you run across in your practice as well as when you're working with people the way that we get brought up right? We don't get brought up talking about these things. Like, I don't know about everybody else, but I found out about sex through a book. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I just found this book and it kind of had somewhat the ins and out of what happened. And it was like a cartoon book, you know, it wasn't very detailed or anything, but it just kind of was very birds and bees type thing. And I, and I didn't even learn or understand about masturbation or anything until my friends started kind of explaining. Imagine my friends who are my age explaining right. that to me. And that's <laughs> How qualified are they? Yes. <laughs> it's it's yeah. funny. My parents never gave me, my mother, and I grew up in a two-parent household. Um, my parents never gave me a sex talk. I remember I started having sex when I was like 14. And that was the last of all of my friends to have sex. And I just like did it to get it over with. But later on, I did have a, a, a serious boyfriend. My father caught me sucking my boyfriend's dick in the garage. <gasps> oh, and this was when God. I was in 11th grade. And he slammed the garage door and ran inside. Do you know my parents still never had the sex talk with me? Never brought it up. Never talked oh, about God. anything. A month later, my mother took me to Planned Parenthood where I got the uh, depot shot. That, mm. that was my talk. Like mm. you ain't bringing no babies up in here. That was that was that was my sex talk. Forced um, birth control, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just it's it's a running theme with people that I talk to that they never um, got the sex talk, or if they got the talk, it was all about don't do this, don't mm-hmm. do this, like don't get pregnant, don't get diseases, don't get the clap, don't don't get all these things. But it, we never got taught about pleasure. Mm-hmm. And how that's important, and using our voice and consent, and all of these other things like the important stuff that we need in our adult yeah. sexual lives. We never got taught that part. No, oh my gosh, no, 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 I didn't either. And I'm pretty sure none of my friends did either, which again, I go back to what I was saying. I think, yeah, you know, again, how qualified are all the other little <laughs> friends to tell you anything? But geez, you know, that also puts to mind how in the way that we speak about things and in the way that we bring things into creation and into existence in our own worlds, how much we do let fear sort of run things. Because I think the conversations that we've had or have been had with us 
or maybe even that we've had with other or the other kids about sex come from a very fear-based space. They don't come from, they don't come from a creative and empowering or uplifting space. They come from fear, you know, don't get pregnant, don't get an STD. And that's about the extent of it. Yeah. And and yeah. Yeah. And no one ever talks about anything other than, oh, well, you know, girls, we also get the typical, it's going to (laughs) hurt. Exactly. And and no one's sitting down and telling us, you know, this is how you can do it. And, and, you know, make it pleasurable, make it not hurt. How about this? How about we do things that make it not hurt? <laughs> ah, oh my my God. first time was horrible, horrible, oh. but it was mm-hmm. funny. I, I try to have, um, I have two nephews. I don't have any nieces, but I try to have uh, sexual conversations with them and they're like, Oh my God, why? <laughs> but it, one thing that I do, social media is like a gift and a curse and all the information out there, same thing, mm-hmm. gift and a curse. But a lot of the younger generations, they are so much better well-prepared than we were. <laughs> like my nephews, they know so much about sex. They learn different things about consent. Um, they mm-hmm. know about, you know, condom usage. They know about pleasuring um, their girlfriends, all these different things, except when we got to I give my ne- my nephew um some condoms. He was like, "Auntie, I only wear magnums." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I did not want to think about you wearing magnums." Oh my gosh! <laughs> and oh, I had to stop. Okay, okay put, put your sex educator hat back on. Take the aunt hat off, and let's put the sex educator <laughs> hat back on. But but the inference, all the information that he knew about sex, I was my mind was blown because mm-hmm. most of the people I talked to were within like um late 20s to maybe like uh, late 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and he's in, in high school, he's like in 10th grade. So I don't, I don't usually get to talk to those type of, those age ranges of, of kids, sure. but they know so much. Oh my goodness, which, which makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, it actually makes me happy to hear that too. I'm hoping it's all helping to heal those old, old generational wounds that we've inflicted upon one another, you know, and so that it's no longer a conversation that comes from fear and shame and guilt, because also those are the other two that get used around a lot, especially because I was brought up religiously. So those two were also used to uh, embarrass us and make us feel like we weren't, you know, okay with God or whatever. Um, which is a whole other topic for, I think, a whole other show. But oh yeah, that. So I'm hoping that that's healing and and that we're actually understanding what consent really can do for us and how those boundaries within our own sexuality and sex uh, in general can help a bunch too. But yeah, I uh, I love that because like again, if we can start changing the dynamics and maybe speak some life into it, you know, even us as grownups, like let's put aside the fact that our parents didn't talk to us about sex but now you know now as grown-ups we also knowing that we have a right to be satisfied and to feel pleasured and to experience pleasure as well as to give it not just to constantly be on the giving side but receiving and that we have the freedom or maybe even giving ourselves permission to have the freedom to have communication with our partners about that pleasure. I think that that's incredibly important. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you see this in in your work as well. To me, I think that that aspect of it, the aspect where we get to talk to our partners, 
about all of the things is probably one of the touchiest and probably one where we find a lot of not just fear, but insecurity in the sense of, you know, we get so hung up in the small stuff. We get so hung up in the, what if, you know, they go down there and it smells or what if, you know, all these other things. And that kind of obstructs us. It stops us from truly exploring, finding out and discovering things individually and mutually, you know, in the partnership to go deeper into that sense. And it's so important. Oh, definitely. When I think of one thing I love to tell people is pleasure is your birthright. You were born to have pleasure, especially women. We have, you know, our clit. Only purpose is to provide pleasure. Like, how great is that? <laughs> we, are, we are the only ones that have something specifically for pleasure. But as it stands, fear and guilt and shame about sex, that lives in silence. So platforms like this, where we're talking about sexuality, um, social media, different um, platforms, different community organizations that are getting new life into them and wanting to educate people. That's helping more people learn that it's okay to talk about it. And maybe they'll take that it's okay to talk about it into their own households. Because that's one of the biggest things when I'm talking to couples the people think we're just going to be talking about sexual positions and lube and, <laughs> and, you know, anal sex and all these different things. But I really spend a lot of time talking about the emotional intimacy, like the mm -hmm. communication part, the building of trust and vulnerability and being honest and mm -hmm. not being afraid to say your truth. And also, you know, bringing up the questions and bringing up the sentiments that you have about your sex life without making another person feel um, defensive and less than so it's it's all a whole whole method that I use but it, it it stems from communication and the more that we talk about it the more it takes all of the shame and guilt away from this pleasure that we all want mm -hmm. and it's one of our biggest challenges too as humans you know we've gotten so used to not communicating in a way that's going to be honoring each other you know like in communication usually one person's talking while the other one's tuning out <laughs> i know that's what i try i try not to do that i try to practice what i preach most of the time when me and my lover i started calling him lover one of my girlfriends i used to always like say it. partner and one of my girlfriends she calls her husband her lover and i was like oh my goodness i'm still in that so when me and my lover <laughs> argue or talk about sex i try not to be the one that I'm, I'm half listening to them, but at the same time, I'm also formulating what I'm gonna say next mm -hmm. <laughs> and how I'm gonna get my point across next. I'm trying not to do that, but effective communication is really, really important. One of the tricks um, that I like to tell people to do is when you're having a conversation about intimacy with your partner, first of all, ask them like, hey, is this a good time for us mm. to talk about intimacy? Because you might catch somebody off, you know, they had a bad day, you know, they didn't already cussed one of their coworkers out, you know, the kids didn't got on their nerve, all these different factors in their life, and it might not be a good time. So first mm -hmm. thing, hey, is that a good time to talk about this? And secondly, um, using a lot of I statements, instead of blaming other person, say, I feel, I this and that. And, and one of the most important thing is, um, making sure that you're listening to the person and like say they uh, make a statement or talk about how they're feeling you rephrase it back to them 
to mm -hmm. make sure that you understood and they know that you listen because they might say, you know, when we have sex, sometimes I like to keep my socks on, but I know that you don't like that. And then I might repeat back to them, <laughs> okay, I understand you like to keep your socks on, but I might not feel as the sexiest, you know, how can we compromise on this whole sock issue? So, we, so make sure your partner knows that you're listening to them is super important. And a lot of us, like if, if I could just teach a communication class, what am I kill my whole business if I just taught communication class? <laughs> but, it, but it's so very important in a couple dynamics. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm holding back the hysterical laughter because <laughs> I swear that's me. Like I cannot stand socks in bed. So I was like, oh my God. So I'm just like holding back the hysterical laughter because I'm like, well, <laughs> there it is. I love socks in bed. I like my feet to be warm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So funny. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Communication is key and it's a practice. I always say it's the things that really are going to be worthwhile or that are going to bloom and continue to develop and grow and change and shift that, that require some sort of input energetically. You know, I think a lot of times people have an aberration to the word uh, work. <laughs> but it is work. I mean, and I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean you've got to put some sort of an energetic exchange into it to gain from it. You can't just take things for granted. The second you start taking things and people for granted, I'm telling you that's like the end of it. So it's the same with relationships and definitely the same for sex. You know, oh, yeah. you don't want to spend the rest of your life just taking for granted the fact that you're married. And so that's the person you're going to have sex with. And so, I don't know, you spent your entire marriage in missionary position. I'm just throwing it out. Listen, I like missionary. I'm not hating on it. I'm just throwing no, it out there as an example. I'm not a missionary fan. <laughs> <laughs> Except with some position pillows. Now, that's a ticket Ooh. with missionary. Yeah. Raising your pelvis up. It gets it. But th th that's a whole never episode. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We definitely have to do a whole new episode on like <laughs> tips on how to make that better and, and more um, more desirable or more delectable is the word I was yeah. looking for. <laughs> but, but if hey. we do take our partners for granted, even people think that, you know, my husband and I, we own two brick and mortar um, sex toy stores and we have mm -hmm. all the things and I, I, I uh, consult other couples that we might, we just must be like, banging like jackrabbits and we got this sex dungeon in our house and all these things and lube on every nightstand and a lot of times it's not like that it was we did a um episode on um scheduling sex because mm -hmm. it had i had blinked my eyes and it had been three months had passed and we had not had sex and yeah. it wasn't because i don't think that he's sexy I mean if you go to my website look me up he's sexy <laughs> but it wasn't that it was that I we weren't prioritizing our sex life we weren't prioritizing intimacy you know business got in the way family issues got in the way all these other things got in the way and we just didn't think about sex so we said okay we need to do something so that you know another three months doesn't go by and then at least for another three months and then we're one of these sexless um, marriages, because I, I don't want that. I've never wanted that, and I'm not going to have that. So mm -hmm. we had to think of a way to not do that. But it, it, I mean, it happens to the best of us, and it's mm -hmm. and it's never too late. Some I think some people they get into these situations where they're not 
happy sexually where whether they're solo, whether with a partner, whether you're with lots of partners. And one thing I would say, it's not too late. You can figure out a new path. Maybe you turn right, let's turn left and let's start over again and figure out what we can do to get this pleasure train back on the track and just don't give up. I think some, some people just give up because it's just easier to mm-hmm. give up, but you're really missing out. Yeah. Or it's indicative of something that's possibly stagnated enough that it needs to take a death. You know what I mean? So there are always those two sides of it, but for sure. I oh yeah. This is, this more. is my third marriage. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the, the thing is it's growth, you know, sometimes you're growing and sometimes that changes. I, I could say the same thing about me, like ending my marriage was part of that. It was the fact that I was like, oops, stagnated <laughs> time to like reframe and reset. And then so much beauty comes out of it, you know? So yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, but let's talk a little bit about one of your favorite subjects and let's talk about toys in the bedroom. Right. Ooh, sex toys, yeah. <laughs> so how can we stop looking at them as a threat, right? And how can we start using them to improve our sex lives as well as why are they important or helpful for our intimacy and pleasure? Um, quite a few things. I can talk about sex toys. Um, quickly, number one, uh, sex toys are not going to be replacements for your partners. They're going to be enhancements. Mm-hmm. Like, my 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 favorite womanizer sex toy like it can't give me booty rubs in the bedroom <laughs> right, <laughs> it's, right. So it's not going to replace my partner but i think a lot of people especially ones that identify as male in hetero relationships sometimes they feel like these are replacements i got a i get a lot of women especially ask okay i want to try a sex toy what should i do first things first don't you know, go get a 12 inch dildo and bring the bedroom. Like, Hey, let's work with this. Like that's, that's not where you want to start off at. <laughs> that's intimidating. 12 inch dick. That's just important. <laughs> but, um, if, if you, I, I like to tell, uh, whatever the partner is that wants to bring the sex toys into the bedroom to first have a conversation with the partner, or you might say, Hey, Let's go into our local sex shop and pick out something together. Whatever you can do to make your partner feel like they're part of the act um, is going to be really great. A lot of sex toys, they're they're marketed to be just for women, just for clitoral stimulation. Um, But let's say like the magic wand, for instance, the Mm -hmm. most probably the most popular sex toy ever. It's a big uh, masturbator. It kind of looks like a like a body massage or whatever. I mean, but it's it's marketed to be more of a clitoral stimulator. It's a wand, but using different things like wands and bullets, rabbits, even all these different toys, and using them with your partner, having your partner use them on you. You know, exploring your body with your partner, using these toys, putting them in the game. Like, okay, they're they're sitting on the side. Like, put me in, coach. You're like, okay, here it is. I'm put this magic on your hand. Go to work. So it's going to be really important um, to put your partner into the act of having this experience with you. Mm-hmm. But it, it might be some partners that are just like, they don't care. They're down for whatever. They, they're trying anything. So you kind of got to figure out your partner a little bit. Or you might just say, hey, I saw this thing on social media. Or, hey, I listened to this podcast. <laughs> and it <laughs> talks about sex toys. Let's listen to it together. And maybe we can figure out 
um, a new way to enhance our sex lives because I really want to do this with you. Mm-hmm. So that could be really fun. I love that. Yeah. And again, that I think that brings us back to, to a couple of things. One is that sense of feeling like you're in safe space with someone. Yeah. And two is the fact that you can communicate with them and, and be in a, in, a, in a place when you communicate with them, when you know, even if it sounds a little bit out there, even if it's a little bit like, oh, a bit of a shock, you know, that you're going to be heard. And I think that that matters. So potentially, if you're the person bringing it up, know that it may be a shock and and be gentle and hold space for that. But also if you're the person hearing this, don't take it personal and immediately like jump down their throats and be like, Oh, I'm not good enough for you. You know, I know. And and it might take more than one conversation. Some, Mm -hmm. some people might have the conversation one time. It doesn't go well. And it's like, okay, how can I reframe it, regroup and come at this a different angle. So I still could have this experience with my partner. So it might take little mini conversations. Maybe you don't have the big giant, conversation about sex toys all at once maybe you have little mini conversation building up to it so just figuring Mm -hmm. this out trying different things with your partner it could be it it could be fun figuring it out then you might learn a new way how to (laughs) to yeah oh i lost you i lost you for a second you're still there Oh, yes, I'm still here. Okay. (laughs) No, no, we're having technical difficulties. Yeah, so that absolutely, I agree with that 100%. And it's probably the same even with including other aspects of pleasure and stimulation like porn, right? You do more or less the same type of conversation. Yes. I I personally enjoy watching um, ethical porn with my partner. Mm-hmm. You know, now and again, I might still pour, pull up a little porn hub, um, but I try to stick to more ethical porn where I know that people are being paid correctly and um, everyone's of age and, and doing it consensually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it could be, it's, it's interesting to watch porn with my partner, but, and then it also gives me ideas of how I'm going to live out these fantasies that I want to without, I like using porn for some initial arousal and then sometimes moving on to using my own imagination and setting my own scenes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's important for us to say as well. It's whatever sits well with your soul. You know, I feel the same about, say, for example, not just the porn where I, same as you, I try to look for as much ethical as I can. And then I same say, go to a strip club, do things that, you know, like that might interest you or that you think would be arousing to you, but that also are respectful of the person you are with that are going to keep making them feel like you're in a safe space you know so like if I if I wake up tomorrow and go oh today's a great day for a strip club (laughs) I also think about that a lot in terms of I I you know personally don't enjoy it unless I feel like it's a place where I know it's reputable and there's not going to be a whole lot of like horrible stuff immoral stuff going on um, and so that's so you're, another you're thing. You're not going back happen. into the champagne room. <laughs> oh, girl, no. Well, not only that, but like that, I know that the people who are working there are enjoying their job, you know, and that gotcha. they're, they're there out of their own volition, <laughs> you know? So, right. and I bring that up just so that we all know that if this is something that I think is a part of the conversation that needs to be had because where pleasure is concerned, I think one of the reasons why there's also so much no and so much taboo around it is because unfortunately there is 
there's always that flip side of the coin, right? And the flip side of the coin in this can be that there is a lot of negativity out there and that some things have been unfortunately turned away from what they could have been, where it could have been a very creative, very beautiful, very helpful, you know, even healing space uh, where they've been turned upside down and manipulated and turned into something that is totally the opposite. And so I think our association, uh, association <laughs> with any of those things can sometimes turn as well. You know, it's about also addressing that, I think, in terms of knowing, hey, yes, I know perhaps there's this and that makes you feel uncomfortable about the sex toys and the porn and the strip clubs, but also let's address the other side of it and let's address communities that are doing, you know, things to balance it out and how that helps and why it's important and where you can kind of have a point of conversation so that we stop that constant shame and put down and all of that. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yes. Good. Totally. I'm glad. I'm, I'm still looking for, I saw on social media that, uh, I think it was in Texas or somewhere, they had a drive-through strip club. Oh, girl, that's here. Distance. I, I need one of those in my life here. <laughs> that's that's here, girl. I'm in Houston, and yep. Ah! <laughs> shenanigans, man. Shenanigans. Ah! <laughs> I thought it was so awesome, because at, at, at our stores, we sell, um, dancer heels and we sell um dancer outfits and stuff like that so a lot of our customer base are dancers and um a lot of them have moved from strip clubs because it might close and moved on to like their only fans page and patreon and all these different platforms mm -hmm. and they're still doing the work mm -hmm. but i you know it's nowhere for me to to see them unless like i, I don't normally go to private parties and stuff like that so I'm like, oh my goodness, that drive-through strip club thing would have been everything. <laughs> sort of innovative, you know, way to like really get into that space and make something out of it. Yeah, you, you, you got to pivot out in these streets these days. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. And there's a lot that goes into that, but we would need like a whole three episodes to get deeper into it because that then leads us into the hypersexualization hyper of certain things and the idea, the concept of the slut versus the tradition that you can find in some cultures of the sexual healers, you know? But again, oh, yes. yeah, that, that's going to literally, that's going to take us like five more hours. So let's put a I'm, I'm writing that. a whole book right now. It's called um, Whole Life Benefited My Whole Life about my whole phase and trying to talk about how I was a slut in a good way and it benefited my whole self-esteem and my life in general. So that's the book I'm writing right now. Oh, I love it. I can't wait. To <laughs> Whenever you come back to talk about it being released, we're definitely going to delve deep into that because yes, oh, yes, yes. that's so much my jam and, and that goes so much along the lines of, of all this healing that I think we're going to talk about. But since we're running short on time, let's see, if you had to pick three, just like three points, your top three tips, let's call them on how to better relish, enjoy and improve our sex lives, what would they be? Um, number one, definitely masturbation. That's my most famous thing, uh, favorite thing to talk about. Um, learning your own body. Um, number two would be lube. We don't talk about lube enough. Oh, like, I was just about to ask you about we that. Have this, we have this stigma about lube, how if you're uh, identified as a woman and you have a vulva and you need lube, like something's wrong with you, your, your pussy is broken. No, it's mm -hmm. not broken. 
Lube makes everything more awesome, whether you're having solo sex, partner sex, group sex, whatever kind of sex you're having. Mm -hmm. Lube is everything. And number three, I think would be um, just loving on yourself and your body. I think a lot of us, if we would increase our sexual confidence in ourselves, that and to me that encompasses so many different things, body image issues, um, using our voice to speak what we want to, um, learning ourselves. It's, it's so many things that, in, that goes with number three, um, increasing our sexual confidence that I, I could probably talk about that for another hour, but that would be number three, increasing yeah. sexual confidence. Oh, I love that. And I'm so glad that you added lube onto your three points. Cause I was just oh. about to ask you about that CBD lube girl. Yes, CBD. So I started using CBD a while ago and then I created my own company, a CBD company, because in my area it was so hard figuring out what was quality product and CBD lube, I started using it a while ago, and it just does so many different things as it comes as it relates to sex. Um, it helps because CBD has so many different medical benefits on the own that go and relate to sex. So number one, it helps with um, anxiety before sex, whether it be from sexual trauma, body image issues, or um, anxiety with just a, a new partner, whatever the case may be, anxiety before sex. Um, two, it increases pleasure. CBD is a vasodilator, which means it increases mm -hmm. blood flow. More blood flow to our good parts equals higher sensations, higher pleasure, possible bigger orgasms, all those things. Um, it also increases um, natural lubrication. It increases desire. Um, CBD lube is just awesome. So I, my CBD company is the Noir Leaf, and I have all things CBD, but this CBD lube, I really, that's probably what I talk about the most because I, I, I do come from more of a sexuality space. So it's still at the, at the core of what I love to talk about. And just CBD just takes lube to just a whole nother level. I love it. I love it. And yes, as soon as I saw that on your page, I was like, oh, this is all the things. I <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, I love it, Shani. Would you um, give us two more things? So the first one is going to be your take on or your tip on how to become uplifted. And then the other one is going to be where can the listeners find you, work with you, support you, etc. I think my biggest tip on how to be uplifted is to know that you're enough. I, I don't think I have to say too much more. Mm. I think just knowing that you are enough. Girl, you are good. You know, whoever's, li whoever's listening, you are good. Just know you are enough, period. Mm. Mm. And what was it? Oh, how to reach me. on Insta I'm, I'm big on Instagram. I still haven't figured out the Twitters. I'm so old. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I am at sexstuffwithshani, S-H-A-N-I. If you have any CBD questions or want to keep up to, up to date with all my CBD information, it's at the Noir Leaf, N-O-I-R-L-E-A-F, the Noir Leaf. Also, if you want to learn about sex toys and intimacy um, with toys with your partner, it's at heart.com, H-A-R-T-S-D-E-S-I-R-E-S.com. And for all things sexuality coaching and sex education, you can reach me on my own personal 
um, branding website. It is shawneehart.com, S-H-A-N-A-R-T.com. Wonderful. That was that was a lot. That was a whole mouthful. <laughs> that is a whole lot. But don't worry, it's going to be in the notes for the listeners. And thank you so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure. I'll definitely want to hear about your book and we'll get deeper into sluttishness at that point. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Ah, we'll have a wonderful day, Shani. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Welcome back. Beautiful listeners, I really hope that you enjoyed that interview and gained some desire to enjoy and relish in your own passion and to date yourself and romance yourself and all the things. And if you want me to go deeper into any of these topics or if you have any questions about something that you want me to go deeper into or just anything in general, you can always reach me at info at nourishingpaths.com. And you know that you can always find me on Instagram at nourishing underscore paths. Now, enjoy the rest of your days and I will talk to you again next Monday. 